The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Julie Feltman. Julie is a comedian and performer living in New York City. Growing up, Julie's identity felt tied to the fact that her relative invented the hot dog. It seemed to be the most interesting thing about her family history, but this summer she learned a new story about the other side of her family that changed how she looked at her identity and family legacy. Hey Julie, how's it going? Hi, how are you? It's been so long since we were just talking five seconds ago before the official start of this podcast. It's true. Uh, it, but it's also been so long since I've seen you in person. Yeah, it's probably been like eight months since we've seen each other, something like that. Yeah. Can you believe? This is the world we're living in. And it's funny, like I have nothing new to tell, nothing has happened in the eight, like there's nothing exciting to tell you that happened in my life in that time. Yeah. It's funny, like there are things that I miss and there are things I don't miss. Like I don't particularly miss the hall and the hassle of doing comedy, I miss yeah. storytelling and I yeah. miss like some I miss musical improv because I just miss singing in front of people. But mostly I just miss the hangs, man. I miss the hangs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did you what did you want to talk about today? Okay. So um I would like to tell you a story that's not about tough love in, in my personal life, but that's about tough love uh in my family and like kind of like get into like some family history. Cause I grew up uh, with this like crazy story and I would tell it to everyone I knew. I grew up my whole life telling this family history story. And then very recently I learned a new family history story from the other side of my family that I'm like, wait a minute, why aren't we talking about this? And they're kind of, even though they're like, it's one's from my father's side, the other one's from my mother's side. Obviously they didn't know each other. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's, I've been thinking a lot about like how they are similar and how they're different. Cool. Okay. So where does it all start? Okay. So it all starts uh, in the late 1800s with my great, 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 that's three greats, uncle Charles Feltman. And I'm very excited to tell you that my great, great, great uncle Charles Feltman invented the hot dog. Wow. Is this like uh, something I can find on Wikipedia? Does he have like a Wikipedia oh, article on girl, him? Or is this Charles like way Feltman under? Charles is all over the internet. He is internet famous. He's on Atlas Obscura. He's <laughs> on the back of the Nathan's hot dog oh, menu. packaging. Yeah, like. I'm going to get into it. Okay, so uh, Charles Feltman, my great, great, great uncle, uh, moved to the United States, was a German immigrant from Frankfurt, Germany. And he moved to New York. Um, and he was a milk bun vendor to all of the new construction popping up all over Brooklyn. And he would take his like milk bun truck, uh, like not a truck, it was a carriage, like his horse and carriage. And he'd go around to all the construction companies and give them food and sell them food. He was like basically a mobile food card. Um, and then all the construction workers were like, listen, bro, we like you. We're going to give you some advice. We want meat. We don't just want fucking bread. We want meat. And so Charles Feltman was the first to hook up a charcoal grill to his milk bun truck. And he started selling like 
badly made sausages, like the throwaway meat of the sausages uh, in casings. And he put them in the milk buns and he called them uh, Red Hots. And this became a sensation amongst Brooklyn. And he went from having one milk bun truck to having five milk bun trucks. And he had a whole fleet. And then he opened a restaurant on Coney Island. And back in the day, like back, this was like now around the turn of the century, um, there was no, like Coney Island was totally underdeveloped. It was undeveloped. And it was all just beautiful beaches and forest and all this great stuff. So he opened this restaurant and it made it like a resort that people would come and travel out to uh, Coney Island and stay there in like these new popping up hotels and go to his restaurant, which also had a huge beer garden. It had a carousel. And he helped establish and found Coney Island. And fucking Charles built a huge empire of hot dogs, right? To the point where his business grew and grew and grew. He became the largest restaurant in North America for like 20 fucking years. Wow. He like the he I think at like one point in the 1910s the restaurant could serve over 20 uh 10,000 people a day. Wow. Uh so it was a hu- it was a huge part of like of New York history of Coney Island history. He became this huge mover and shaker in politics. He convinced um the city at the time to extend the train line out to Whoa, like uh, the subway. Yes, he extended the BQ out to Coney Island. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you that I found out all of these things like as an adult when I was a kid. I was just like, my uncle invented the hot dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the thing you would take to like show and tell, like tell something, family tree day at, at third grade or something. Yep, and it would make me grossly unpopular because they'd be like, yeah, weird meat girl, of course. <laughs> Of course, that's your story. It makes sense with, yeah, it adds up with everything about you, everything we know about you, <laughs> everything we know about Julie, weird meat girl. Um, no, but then like when I when I moved to New York, I like went on a deeper dive and like found out all of these things. Um, so anyway, like he like had all like huge success. They almost bought the Dodgers, like all of the success. And I meet like older people now. Like I have this uh. Uh, this this friend Richard, who is uh, in his nineties, and when he found out that I was Julie Feldman, he was like, "Of Feldman's Coney Island," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, Richard, of Feldman's Coney Island," <laughs> and he's like, "I used to go there when I was a boy," <laughs> you know. So it was it was a big thing, like in the early 1900s. However, so because I never heard about it, and this is where like the tough love comes in, I never heard about it because Charles Feldman. Uh, when he started to like get big, he brought the whole family over from Germany. And that's when he brought like my great, great grandfather, his brother or great, 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 three greats, uh, grandfather, his brother over from Germany. Um, And they got along. But when Charles died in uh, the 19, like late 1910s, 1920s, he left the restaurant empire to his son. And the son and the uncles didn't get along at all. And there was this huge family feud and they broke off completely. And I think part of it was like a religious thing. 
like um it's rumored in my family that like um some of the family was Jewish, like we were East German Jewish. And so when we came over to the United States, they kind of like ditched the Judaism thing. And I think that like the family that moved to Albany was like, no, no, we really shouldn't ditch the Jewish thing. And uh, the family in New York were like, don't tell anyone we're Jews because we don't want to get discriminated against. So it all, uh, their relationship fell apart. And my, like my direct line of Feltman's when they moved to Albany, they were no longer involved at all in the restaurant empire. And the empire fell apart. Whoa. Because it was um, because of two things. And this is where Nathan Handyfucker come in <laughs> of Nathan's hot dogs. <laughs> um, when, so let's back up. Let's go to Nathan. So Nathan worked for um, my great, great, great uncle Charles. And he worked in the kitchens. And he used to sleep in the kitchens at Feldman. He infamously slept in the kitchen at <laughs> Feldman's to save money to open up his own hot dog business, which he did uh, in the 1900s. And it was sort of like the thing at the time to knock off Frank's Red Hots. Like they would try and, you know, he would, uh, people would come up with their own hot dog concepts and people would be like, don't eat those. Those are bad meats. You got to go to Feldman's. Those are the authentic dogs. Um, but Nathan was like, no, no. I and, and with the money that he made working for Feltman's, he opened up a restaurant closer to the train, uh, right off the subway stop in Coney Island. That didn't exist when your great 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 uncle had created the restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and he opened up like a small restaurant uh, that had like a huge bay of windows and a, a bunch, and it's still there. The original restaurant is still there. Uh, and they, there was all this counter seating and people wouldn't go because they're like, oh, this is knockoff. And he, again, famously hired a bunch of homeless people and put doctor's coats and stethoscopes on them to sit and eat hot dogs in the window. So he could say, <laughs> look, the doctors are eating it. It must be safe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> crazy, oh. crazy stuff. Okay, so. Uh, Nathan then like got like really popular, but Feldman's was like, well, whatever, like you're just a hot dog shop. We're an empire. We're a resort where we're rich people go and like fucking hang out and spend their money and like, you know, ride the carousel and have a whole experience. And like I said, it was a really big popular restaurant. Actually, one of my ex-boyfriends, one of the many ex-boyfriends, uh, <laughs> <laughs> used to collect Feldman, um, like menus and Feltman like Wait, history separate stuff. like before he met you he was doing this no no that's not <laughs> like, no he that would be not. an incredible he's like longtime fan first time <laughs> yeah, like- fuckery yeah no not like that um no he uh just like when yeah, we like got into it after yeah, he started learning about this history it, like i also was learning about it like when i was with him this was like dating, in my early yeah, yeah. 20s when we were dating and he got like he was fascinated by it all. And he still uh, is a large collector of Feltman's stuff. Not Except for me. you. Yeah, yes, you are not part of the collection anymore. I am no longer part of the collection. I have. You were uh, sent off to Albany. And <laughs> yes. I'm like, I am uh, leaving this museum. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, all so Feltman's was like the resort place. And then the crash happened, like the stock market crash and the the Great Depression. And all of a sudden, all the people, they didn't have money anymore. Yeah, no one wanted fancy hot dogs. 
No one wanted fancy hot dogs. Like no one could afford to like, you know, tens of thousands of people or whatever couldn't afford to go out to go to Feltman yeah. every week. Yeah. Um, so this huge empire that was the largest restaurant in the United States and at the second carousel in the United States, it was completely gone by 1959. Wow. And I wonder sometimes like if the other brothers were there because the other side of the family was like, you know, they were pretty successful up in Albany and like, you know, you know, then my grandfather who knew Charles, like he, you know, ended up being a doctor and they're, you know, it was a successful, smart family. And apparently his son really was the one who like ran it into the ground. It's like, just didn't have the business sense that his father had. And I wonder if they didn't have this, like this feud, if, um, like if it would be a different story. For instance, I ain't never seen any of that hot dog money. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I could Hasn't... be the fucking Paris Hilton of hot dogs. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I ain't never seen that hot dog money. <laughs> yeah. And it's that thing where you're like, oh, this family thing ruined this potential. Like we could have all be going to Coney Island for Feltman's hot dogs instead of Nathan's hot dogs right now. It, yeah, exactly. And no, it didn't happen because they like, in my opinion, because they like let this like argument run into the ground. And what's kind of sad too is that like my family is not Jewish. Like I, they ended up, I think, oh, and this happened to a lot of East German Jews who moved to um, to the United States is that they didn't want to get discriminated against. So they just, you know, got here and they're like, we're not Jewish. Nothing to see here. Feltman. Oh, that sounds Jewish to you. Weird. It's it's not. Uh, it's very, it's a very much, it's a Jewish name. Um, and it's just, it's like kind of sad to think about how, like, yeah, how it, their fight just like f- shaped the legacy of my family to this day. Yeah. And it came from like having to hide a part of your identity yeah. for like the betterment of sort of the world that they were living in at that time. But like, yeah, this weird, it all came out of this thing that was like survival more than it was. Yeah. Anything that was like family dispute, I guess. Yeah. And I wonder, I there's probably more to it, right? But like, yeah, pr- yeah. it's all gone. I don't know yeah. any of the other things. And the only reason I know about the religious thing is because my grandfather, like on his deathbed, like when he was um, like going, his mind was going and he started talking about it at length. It was just one of those family secrets that like, uh, especially the Jewish thing, like no one really talked about. Um, but it was always a mystery, like, oh, why these two sides of the family fell apart. Um, yeah. So I grew up talking about this story, being like, you know, the weird meets girl. Yeah, it was like the thing that was notorious about you and about your family growing up, I guess, and like this this legacy that was tied to you. Yeah. And like, you know, and it's always been like my favorite, like fun fact to pull out at parties. You know, yeah, I mean, it's a <laughs> like, good fun parties, fact. the show and tell of adulthood. <laughs> um, but this summer, I found out this crazy other story from the other side of my family that no one ever told me, and it was this in the same way, like covered up by like, like shame. Uh but I actually relate to it so much more. It's definitely the best thing that's come out of quarantine for me. <laughs> okay. So it's okay if I just like go right into it. I think, yeah, we've got a good setup now. So that we, your dad's side of the family is the hot dog yes. stuff, right? Dad's side of the family is the hot dog stuff. Okay. 
Um, my mother's side of the family is uh, Portuguese, recent Portuguese immigrants. My grandfather came here when he was 13. My grandmother was born here, but they would go back and forth a lot to the old country. Um, I never really knew anything about my grandmother's side of the family uh, because my grandmother had like kind of a bad relationship with her mom and just wouldn't talk about family history. And I didn't pry any further. I knew that, you know, her grand, her, my grandmother's mother worked in the factories in New Bedford. Um, I knew that she was very young when she had my grandmother, but I never asked anything more about it. So this summer I'm sitting with my mom and, you know, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about family history stuff. And she was like, oh, like, well, did I ever tell you about Angelina, what Angelina did? Because I'm named after my um, my great-great-grandmother, my grandmother's grandmother, Angelina. Okay. Uh, my middle name is Angelica. And I was like, wait a minute. What's the fun fact about Angelina? So she tells me this story. Angelina uh, was born in the Azores. The Azores is an uh, island. It's an archipelago off of... Uh, Portugal, and it's part of like the Republic of Portugal, um, and very like low class peasant, like woman, and she fell in love with this much older, much richer man, and they eloped, and this really pissed his family off because the they were all from like the same small town, and he was like you know hot shit in town. This family basically like controlled the whole town. And here he was marrying this peasant. All right. So this totally pissed the family off. They thought she was like, you know, low class, worthless. They have seven children together and he dies and they cut her off. Whoa. The family is like, they kick her out of the house. They don't give her any of her dead husband's money. And they're like, yeah, sorry, we think you're trash. You're on your own. Whoa. So she somehow, and it's not clear how, but she somehow gets, uh, she gets tickets to come to America. So she hears a, a single woman. She doesn't speak English. She takes her seven kids and moves to a country she's never been to. She moves to the United States. She moves to New Bedford, Massachusetts, which is basically like a little Portugal. And it's funny, this is all happening at the same time as the fucking hot dog stuff. Which is Yeah, like this is like nuts. parallel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is all happening at the same time as the hot dog stuff. Um, so this single woman <laughs> picks up the kids, comes to uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts, and she fucking gets to work. All right? She starts working in the factories. She makes all of her kids, she has seven kids, she makes them drop out of school at 16 to work with her in the factories. And she pinches pennies like nobody's business. She eventually is able to rent and then buy a two-bedroom apartment. She puts all of the girls in one in uh, one of the bedrooms. She puts all of the boys in the living room. And she rents out the second bedroom. <laughs> uh, she makes... She like very like very infamously in our family like made all of the kids only take a bath once a week to conserve water, to conserve the water bills. And they all had to reuse the same bath water. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> and she, um, and, and eventually she like, you know, starts making money. There's more money coming in because all of her kids are now like working for her. 
Um, and then she becomes an unofficial money lenderer because people wouldn't uh, lend money to Portuguese immigrants. So she would lend people money as the unofficial bank. And then if people wow. wouldn't pay her back, she'd send her boys out to break their legs. <laughs> so anyway, bitch was like famously cold to all of her kids, obviously. Um, by the 1940s, she had saved over $500,000. Whoa. And <laughs> she, um, $500,000 in 1940s money is like five and a half million dollars in today's money. <laughs> it is insane. Okay. This woman worked her fucking ass off. And how many and years is that from like when she moved to America to like when she has this $500,000 of wealth? I think that she came here like around the turn of the century and then like worked her ass off for 40 years to hoard, you know, $500,000, what is like five and a half million dollars in today's money um, before she died. This is the fucking juice, my friend. Before she died, she went back to the Azores and she went to the town that her in-laws were from. She bought the town. <laughs> and she burned it down. <laughs> Angelina bought a town in Portugal in the Azores and she literally burned every structure that was built on that land down to the ground and raised the fields. She destroyed <laughs> it. <laughs> Just like kicked everyone out. She kicked everyone out. She kicked it. I I have heard that she's kicked yeah. everyone out and she fucking burned the town down. This bitch had a long-term revenge fantasy that she played out. I think it's amazing. I like, and when my mother told me this, I didn't believe her. I was like, how have I how I never heard this story before. This is insane. And I asked, and she was like, oh no, it happened. Like we didn't talk about it. Like grandma was very ashamed. She couldn't believe that like, this woman did this thing. Yeah. And, and your grandma is one of these kids. One so of the seven kids. My, my grandmother is, uh, is her grandmother's Angelina. My grandmother's grandmother's Angelina. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's two generations. So there's yeah, two okay. generations, but they all had kids like really soon. Like, you know, she yeah, had, the amount of years between that is pretty small. Exactly. And like my mother and my mother, like, you know, Angelina had Rose, my great grandmother at 20. And like, you know, my great grandmother had Hilda, my grandmother at 20. And my grandmother had my mother at 20. Guys, I'm 33. <laughs> I'm breaking the cycle. Definitely not pregnant. <laughs> um, so like, you know, my mother knew Angelina and met yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, um, which is just like. But it's fucking insane to me. <laughs> she fucking burned the town down. But it's also insane to me that we never talked about it because and, and I and I never knew this story. And I grew up telling the story about my uncle Charles and never fucking knew this insane story about this woman who's a single immigrant mother of seven who makes a fucking half a million dollars in 1940 and then burns the town down of her enemies. Like, that's so fucking cool. And I was like, this, you like, this has to be made up. This is exaggerated. 
So my, uh, like this, she's telling me this story, like in preparation for like the family coming over and my cousin gets there and I'm like, yo, Jackie, do you know about Angelina? And she's like, oh, you mean that bitch that burnt the town down? (laughs) She knew. And then I asked my other aunts and uncles when they get there and they're like, oh yeah, no, she was real vengeful. And they just like, they, they are just like kind of ashamed by it. And I'm not ashamed by it. Like, I think it's fucking awesome that she did this. You know, like, like, I think that this woman's trauma has just traveled down through the family. Like, my grandmother didn't want to talk about it. And that kind of set the tone for my aunts and uncles to not talk about it. Because her mother, Rose, was like, kind of like a cold, hard bitch. But of course she was. Because she was raised by Angelina. Who's a fucking, like, vengeful, long game revenge monster who I'm obsessed with. And, like, so, like, she was because, but these people, like, fucked her over. Can you imagine, like, having seven kids and, like, and then getting cut off from the man that you love and all of his money that you, like, you know, and you work together and you were there together for years? Yeah, like, not only to lose the person that you love, but then to be, like, totally cut out of this, the only life you knew to that point. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I imagine for her, it was, like, this, like, fairy tale where she was, like, the peasant girl in town and then marries the rich guy in town and gets to have this incredible lifestyle. And they build this huge family together that then she's cut off from. And it's not just her. There's, like, these seven people that are half him that, you know, that are – that yeah. don't get to have like any piece of their father. They're completely cut off from his legacy. So that bitch spent the next 40, 50 fucking years plotting and planning and pinching every penny and making the kids reuse the bathwater so that one day she could go back to that town and fucking burn it down. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, there's like part of me that's like, man, if only like the Albany family had the had some of that like backbone that Angelina had, like could they have saved the hot dog business somehow by like pushing back on this? Right. It's like, or maybe they would have just burned down the Feltman's hot dogs instead. I don't know. Maybe I guess I just think about it. I think the two are related because it's like, the then like trauma that these people inflicted on their children like, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> fact that neither grandparent ever like spoke about this thing because they were just like, we don't talk about that. Exactly. Like that's the wild part is like becoming an adult and like, you know, and my father passed away a couple of years ago and I don't think that he ever even really knew like the extent of the Feltman family history. And like he never talked about the Jewish thing because I think that to him too felt like a shame, like shame that they ditched it, shame that it broke the family apart. And now I get to know it and be like, oh man, everyone should just be like fucking cool about religion. Like, let's not let that stand in the way. Let's all fucking make hot dogs work so that, you know, <laughs> we can- Nathan's shouldn't have existed. You know, we should have went after that guy. And now learning about like the Angelina thing, I'm like, man, of course grandma doesn't like, didn't like her, her mother Rose. And also my grandmother, God rest her, rest her soul, beautiful woman was not a peach herself well yeah like growing up in that environment i don't know it's got to affect you yeah it has to affect you and i know that it then affected my mother because my mom also love her she's no peach either and then i am also 
I'm perfect. No, I'm a bitch as well. You know, <laughs> like I'm a fucking it's bitch been passed too. Down a little bit, yeah. It has. It's like all. But now that I know, like where that comes from, oh man, I'm named after this woman, man. Yeah, like it's in your blood. It is the fucking revenge. The long game revenge fantasy is in my blood. Oh, I'm so happy to tell that story to someone. <laughs> Because no, we don't great we don't know each other very well, so it's almost like talking to like a it's like has yeah. that stranger element that I miss talking. To. <laughs> yeah, like we just we just like friend of a friend met at a party right now, and you just told me this entire thing about your life. <laughs> yep, I'm, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta go. Uh, my friend's calling me. Uh, yeah, I don't. Something's happening here. I'm gonna get set on fire. I don't know. I gotta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for uh, taking the bullet for all of the future people I meet at the parties. I'll find like a five minute version of this comparison. Yeah. Now you've now you've told the whole thing, and now you're like, great. I can now I could just tell. And if you're like, if you really want to go into it, just check out this podcast. You could hear the whole thing. <laughs> oh man, the people are gonna be really thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> How does it like what is it now that you like have both of these stories about both sides of your family like what does it make you feel about your life now? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's funny cuz it like on one side it's sort of like the like it's like that fall from gray story like it could have like this guy who I'm not, you know, he was an uncle so I'm not like directly dependent yeah, yeah, from yeah. him. Um so it's like, oh man, like the family had this like great big thing and then it withered away into nothing. And then on the other side, it's like, oh, man, the family had nothing. And then they built all of this stuff, but then used it to burn their enemies. <laughs> <laughs> like some, like, fucking Daenerys Targaryen shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. It kind of, I have to say, like, I I really want to make a mark on the world, sort of like Charles Feltman. Uh, and I also... I know a couple people who could stand to burn. <laughs> Did I mention I was fired at the beginning of COVID? Did I mention that? <laughs> like, now I have like, now when I have like the revenge fantasies, because everyone has revenge fantasies. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm like, no, no, don't do that. Like, don't fixate on that. Like, just let it go. It'll be fine. Let it go. And my mother's always the first one to be like, nah, girl, don't fucking let it go. And now I know why. Yeah, it's like, you're like, oh boy, this is dangerous. Yeah, now I know that like that evil part of me is is literally in me. <laughs> it's fucking part of my legacy. You know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, cool. Thank you so much for sharing this story. It was very entertaining. Brian, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Yeah. And I drank a whole glass of wine. <laughs> I drank a whole beer so I think we did it the right way. Um, yeah, if people, I know this is like a weird time to, you don't have like shows to plug, but if people want to like find out more about you or anything you're working on right now, do you want to like have people follow you on social media or plug anything that you got going on? Actually, yeah. So uh, I got fired at the top of COVID, uh, as did my partner. And um, then we got infested with cockroaches and it was rock bottom. But my partner, who's a game designer, turned it into a card game called Cuddly Cockroaches, which is about uh, living in a New York City apartment, getting infested 
by cockroaches and then sending your cockroach army to your neighbor's apartments to try and keep your apartment free of roaches. And if you get too many roaches in your apartment, you get fumigated and you lose the game. Uh, It's a really fun card game. It's very competitive. Uh, I still enjoy playing it to this day and we're launching it on Kickstarter uh, in a couple weeks. So check that out. It's a cuddly cockroaches. If you just Google cuddly cockroaches, you'll find the website and the Instagram and the social media. And uh, I'm hoping that we kind of like turn this bizarrely terrible situation into uh, a business that will allow us to, you know, follow. It'll allow my fiance to like follow his dreams of being a game designer. And uh, maybe I don't have to work. Maybe I can be like a fucking live at home, bougie housewife. Would that be great? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks again so much for sharing your story. Brian, thank you for having me. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.